Hello, baby. Want a kiss? Welcome to the Experimental Film Podcast with your host, Ken Hess. Teaching a parakeet to talk is fun, but the old method took too much time and patience. This record is specially designed to teach any healthy, normal parakeet to talk by using a scientific new method that is acknowledged to be far superior because a carefully trained voice, specially chosen for excellence in clarity and diction, repeats over and 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 over the same words, the same phrase, in a manner that most parakeets are most likely to imitate. Check experimentalfilm.info for information, interviews, and episodes. For the next few seconds, this record will be silent. This podcast is dedicated exclusively to experimental film and its makers. Welcome to episode 22 of the Experimental Film Podcast. Today's guest is painter, photographer, writer, and experimental filmmaker Walter Smits. Walter makes experimental shorts, animations, music videos, and features. Welcome to the Experimental Film Podcast, Walter. Hey, Ken. Hey. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, let's get started by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess uh, I'm Walter Smith. I currently am uh, home-based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I went to school in Milwaukee. I went to uh, the UW-Milwaukee Film School and decided to come here uh, in Minneapolis, because uh, I had a bunch of friends, and there's just a pretty cool scene and everything around here. Um, with my work, I I try to do a little bit of everything, um, just to keep myself busy and follow all of these different ideas in the language uh, that they are best suited. So I I mean I definitely I consider myself mainly uh, a video maker, filmmaker. Um, but I do a lot of painting and I've had a few of my own painting exhibitions in uh, both Milwaukee and Minneapolis and, um, and then the photography and writing that I do is all, um, sort of low key. I like doing point and shoot stuff, uh, that sort of, um, delves into just like a, a closer up blurry, um, just trying to find a lot of colors and mixtures and look at things through a, uh, a view that uh, looks kind of uh, shitty, I guess, to be blunt. Uh, but yeah. And um, yeah, I just, I really like uh, exploring and um, finding, finding my own way of doing things because I'm often finding myself being frustrated with um, some of the more um, streamlined ways of doing this and that and video production and all of the processes that go along with that and along with business. So, um, I really just like to, uh, go off the trail a little bit and do whatever I can <clears throat> often. And I often uh, don't share a lot of it too. I just, uh, I just like doing stuff. So, yeah. Very cool. So I was, I usually ask here, how did you get into filmmaking, but you went to film school and, you know, I don't have a feel for what film school really offers because I guess there's different ones and they have different leanings. What was film school like for you? Yeah. Um, the great thing about, um, UW Milwaukee is that it, it was sort of, um, started as a experimental film program, but due to the necessity of, um, 
students coming in and uh, wanting to draw different students and stuff like that, they've created this really interesting hybrid program that is a little bit of the production business side of filmmaking and a little bit of the artistic experimental side of filmmaking. So I thought I thought that was really great for me because uh, going into school, I was thinking that I wanted to do the business production side of things. And um, through all the teachers and classmates and all of the options that I had, I was able to sort of discover a different route and a different line. Um, so that was great. And it was incredibly hands-on. Um, some people were a little frustrated with how experimental some of the classes were uh, because sometimes the film classes get so experimental that it's more like a philosophy class. <laughs> and so uh, that would be frustrating for some of the students who wanted to be on the production side of things. But um, I, I kind of find myself like in the middle of those, or at least I did in school. And so it was nice to be there. Um, and I had, uh, we had some great teachers and I had my stop motion teacher. He was, uh, one of the animators for things like Nightmare Before Christmas and, uh, James and the Giant Peach and some of the original Gumby stuff, or maybe not original, but the eighties Gumby stuff. And, um, yeah, so he, he did a lot of cool stuff as well. And so there was sort of this wide variety of, uh, of options to be had, uh, and stuff to be learned. That's very cool. I love Gumby and I love stop motion. So that's right up my alley. So right. do, does all of your work fall under the experimental as a genre? Um, I I always struggle with how to classify it as and where to put it. I, I, I kind of feel like I, I'm trying to be experimental a lot of the time, but also um, it I, I feel like I'm sort of like in some of the short films I do, I feel like I'm trying to write like a screenplay and work it out in a more traditional production kind of way. But um, it, it, it's always like sort of playing around within that world a little bit more than um, than like a traditional narrative would be. So I, I, I don't always feel like that is like ex totally experimental. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I mean, it is in different ways because I'm I sort of play around with what it means to tell a story um, where I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have like a beginning and an end sort of thing, but I feel like it's, it's instead of chasing after like a full arc of a story and a point A to point B, it's more of a, a full study of like a feeling or what, what led just the characters like being and the nuances of that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's always like completely experimental, but um, I feel like I just kind of rest somewhere in between. You know, a lot of people are curious about music videos and want to know how to create them. In fact, somebody could actually teach a, a good online class for creating music videos. Um, I've seen yours and I, I'm wondering what inspires your music videos. Is it the lyrics, the artists, or some other feeling or aesthetic you're, you're trying to convey? Yeah. Um, so usually what I like to do with my music videos and the process is um, I try to take a couple just if the artist has any sort of um, vibe or aesthetic in mind. Uh, I try to just take some of that and I, I like to kind of uh, do my own thing with it. So usually I ask people, I'm like, hey, like, so what do you think about it? Like, do you have any ideas about it towards it or somebody uh will come to me and be like, I 
like the old school VHS effect that you did in this thing. Let's do that. Otherwise, just go for it. Um, and then and then I just sit and I I'll spend like two or three days listening to the song nonstop and just sort of trying to uh, mine out the the general feeling that is happening. Um, sometimes I'll go with the lyrics like in um, I don't know if you watched the Kid Dakota music video, yep. which was yeah, it's, it was sort of more specifically about um, it, like getting sober and coming clean about that stuff. So. Uh, that was definitely more derivative of what was happening and what was being talked about. Um, for that reason, and the artist Kid Dakota, the only thing he had mentioned that he wanted to include was one of the lyrics in the song is talking about um, Franz Kafka's The Trial. And so he wanted me to play with that a little bit. Um, so in that music video, I have all the men in suits um, sort of looming around this character that I sort of played with as the main character in that music video. Um, just sort of being under judgment. Um, but a lot of the times I just kind of sit with it and let ideas bounce around in my head and, until they start to swirl together into a more cohesive idea um, and and then sort of jump on that and start to make lists and finding reference images and stuff like that to kind of work with as I go through it. My favorite uh, of your music videos is Salamander. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, like you know, just like then, it made me laugh out loud because the characters are, are really cool. I love the little, I guess, analog type animation marionette almost. The yeah. uh, especially the drummer. I mean, I I really did laugh out loud when I first saw the drummer. That was really cool. Um, so how did you come up with the concept of that? Was that the the band's idea or concept, or or did you have that? Yeah, so um, Admiral Fox, I, I originally met Dan a while ago, but there, uh, most of the people in the band are uh, my good my good friends of a long time. Um, so I get to uh, kind of have a lot of freedom with that. But um, Dan, had, who is the uh, lead singer in Admiral Fox, and he started the band, he, he came to me and he was like, I kind of want to have like a performance video where we're playing wooden instruments. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that completely. Uh, but I, so I, I decided just to like take that idea a little bit and uh, just kind of the traditional um, sort of just like band performing music video that we see with pretty much every band at some point, they put one of those out. Um, but there's also sort of an old, old uh, like 90s alternative kind of grungy punk sound that they were playing with in that song. And it just evoked a lot of, a lot of the old, uh, like grungy music videos and stuff of the nineties, uh, that I've seen. And so I, I just kind of wanted to take that and then play with it. Um, as if a five-year-old was processing it and letting that go through, uh, just, I love, I love kind of meeting those, those, uh, different, ideas and feelings in the middle where it's like a child taking on uh, adult themes or something like that. And, and with this song, it's like, you know, it's sort of angry and a little sad and stuff like that. So I thought it, I thought it was a good place to meet, but yeah. Uh, so anyways, yeah, just playing with that, that, uh, that idea of the performance music video, but on a really small scale, um, as if a child was just playing around. So. Yeah. I really liked that. That was, that was really cool. I loved it. And, um, it was very clever. <laughs> so, Thank you. Did they like it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They really loved it. I one of my friends, 
Lucas has been uh, in a few of my projects and we're always working on stuff together and he he always loves I, I've made a few puppet versions of him at this point and so he's he's always psyched to see that and everyone else was pretty hyped on that um, and especially when I was sending them the pictures uh, and they were bummed to find out that the end of the music video was them getting destroyed because uh, they couldn't keep them but yeah yeah they were really hyped on it and they liked the energy and um, Dan Dan likes uh, the sort of aesthetic that I have with this sort of the child, the dark childhood themes um, that he feels kind of works well with him and the music and Admiral Fox and everything. So we've sort of become a bit of a team in that. Uh, so yeah, he's, he was pretty hyped on this one too, but yeah, th this one had like a lot of energy to it. And yeah. uh, like, I think, I think everyone reacted really well to it and enjoyed that. Cause usually I feel like I make stuff that's a little bit slower than this, but yeah. Yeah, it was very cool. So are your music videos commissions or are they kind of a fan art? Uh, yeah. So uh, the Kid Dakota one initially, uh, that, that was pretty much just the fan art thing. Um, I reached out to him and offered to make the music video. Um, and that was when I had first moved to Minneapolis. So I just wanted to try and like get out and have a reason to make uh, a, a music video, something a little more experimental with with uh, some sort of idea in mind. And so uh, that's why I chased that out. And then most of them after that, I, I do take a little bit of money and uh, just so I can, uh, you know, sort of make the excuse to make the time for it when I have other things going on. But yeah. Now you're, you have short films and features that you've done and in your descriptions, you talk about anti-film. What exactly is an anti-film? Yeah, so um, I guess the idea with that, uh, particularly, I consider the feature films that I do to be like an anti-film, uh, just because they they're specifically made in reaction to um, some of the, some of the people and peers of mine that I know who are making these features, and it it seems to be sort of a thing and like a rite of passage that you have to go out and break your back making a feature. Um, and I, I always feel like a lot of people don't spend enough time finding a voice and then they go and spend tens of thousands of dollars on, an, on something that is just lacking any sort of heart. Um, so I started feeling angry about that. And so I, I felt like I, it was just frustrating for two reasons. One, just watching these people throw money at something that is ultimately disappointing. And two, I, I was feeling sort of insecure about my ability to get together the group of people and the money that these people are. And so I think there is some sort of culmination of that that made me want to just like reject all sort of uh, traditional production values and money raising and um, just do exactly the opposite of what these people were doing to make a feature film. Um, so I made I just like I set myself limits. I shoot it all in 24 hours with incredibly long takes and no script the only the only guideline is typically like how long the shots are so that i can fill the 70 minute uh timeline and um so there's a lot happening in these movies that is just nothing it's just looking at someone walking or uh someone trying to think of something to say and uh so a lot of it is just like trying just like having an answer to this these films that i wasn't really feeling confident about making. And then, and then I just kind of got attracted to uh, operating within that world 
and uh, just like finding these characters to play with, play with and let dance around in these spaces um, that have no, no real meaning to them. It's just sort of like uh, an excuse for me to roll around with a camera and have people who are pretending to be some sort of character or acting as some sort of thing. And I can just roll around and I can look at them acting or I can look at other things. I can stare at the carpet or whatever. And so it's all, um, it's sort of like a fun game for me. And it's, it's a little, it's a little funny, uh, to me to, uh, say I'm making a feature film. Um, just because some people take that so seriously as if it's the, the end all game or something, but yeah. So that's kind of what I have in mind when I, when I say I make anti-films is, uh, that in particular. Are your anti-films sort of, uh, commentary on filmmaking or the industry or film school or kind of all of the above? Yeah, I, I think it's totally all of the above um, because I, I spent so much time um, feeling frustrated in in those classes or in the sort of confines of this like production. And um, for example, I when I first moved to Minneapolis, I reached out to someone in town who has a they have a commercial production studio and I, it's all motion graphics and stuff. So I was, I was just sitting down to have a conversation with him about Minneapolis and the scene. And, uh, what he told me was I, I needed to write a, a great screenplay, produce it, win a bunch of awards, make another one, win a bunch of awards, and then move to Los Angeles. And that's sort of like the rhetoric in a lot of film school too is it's like you need to have this lighting and you need to do this and you need to do this and that is the only way that you're ever gonna make it and be able to make movies and it's like everyone's trying to sell you cheat codes um or something and i was always just so frustrated by that and so um like these films are totally just yeah like you said a commentary on on hollywood and production and and filmmaking itself um i i sometimes think about it as if like I don't always feel like I'm actually making a movie, but I'm just pretending to be a filmmaker and then let the camera roll for 70 minutes and then put it out. And yeah, so um, yeah, it's completely a commentary on all that. Very cool. I like that. It's, um, it's different. In fact, uh, your feature length film, the heist is, it kind of has a, a vibe or an aesthetic to it that reminds me of, and I cannot recall the names of the filmmakers who, who kind of first started that, but they're kind of like 1960s mumble core. And I really like that um, kind of a stream of consciousness vibe that they have. Is that what you were going for? Or am I reading something into that? You're listening to the experimental film podcast with Ken Hess. And now back to the show. No, yeah, totally. Um, I don't know so much about uh, the 1960 mumblecore filmmakers, uh, but I there's uh, there's several filmmakers from like the early 2000s whose films I became familiar with while I was in school, and it's it's the exact same thing, just a real stream of conscious. Like they were so interested in just capturing the the mundane and everyday parts of their their own lives and the things that they're just seeing instead of you know, making a complete fantasy out of it. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like, I took that. And then also like in the heist, I, I just love 
um, a certain level of absurdity um, that comes to that. That uh, I feel like it's just observational and every day. And um, I feel like maybe it's everywhere, but just like being in the Midwest and uh, being around certain people and uh, just going to events or something like that and hearing these people say things and. Sometimes you don't really know what they're saying and they just they're going in circles. Um, and so I like I like taking like that sort of observation and then putting it into a loose storyline like in the heist. Um, and I think of the scene where he he's in this like metal box explaining his plan for the heist. And he just goes in circles and he has like four or five different accents that he uh, comes in and out of. And um, yeah, I just I think it's hilarious. And also it it's just sort of an expression of, uh, the absurdity in the mundane, uh, that is just like everywhere and all around us and sort of this forgotten language or unseen language sometimes. Well, you know, reactionary type art is, um, it's a whole thing within itself. In fact, my writing and it's technical writing, so it's, it's not that exciting, but it's weird because my starting in writing was a reaction to something that happened at my job and I was angry and it, it spawned a new career for me, which is kind of weird. But the question for you surrounding that is what do you hope to do with your filmmaking or what direction do you hope it goes? Um, well, I, I feel like I'm, I guess I'm still, um, I'm still trying to figure that out. Exactly. I, um, I sort of feel like in, in having, uh, the, the reactionary approach and like these feature films, I'm sort of developing a process and a language, um, with each one that I do. Cause I've done, I think, well, I've done three and then a couple friends have done some now and I'm working on another one. Um, and it just sort of, there's sort of, uh, something in that, that I think I'm chasing after, um, as far as like a goal in that, I guess it's just to like figure out what that is and maybe I'll never find it and I keep chasing it. Um, and then with my other stuff, I like my short films and everything. I, I take a much more careful approach with some of those and trying to find uh, those languages and that voice. But yeah, I, I don't have a complete goal. I just I, I just hope I can speak to some people and be able to share, share my stuff and, and find the right avenue, I guess, uh, to, uh, share it. Um, which I guess was sort of the idea in getting into music videos is that that might, it's a good, I feel like it's a good avenue to express some things that aren't normally accessible to, uh, people in different avenues and everything like that while also, uh, finding a little bit of traction. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any real straightforward goals or hopes. I, I, I guess I just hope that I can uh, find a language and stumble into something at the right time or just, you know, keep screwing around and goofing. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of uh, famous filmmakers have started out making music videos. The one that comes to mind uh, right now is Mark Webb. He did a lot of um, My Chemical Romance and some other videos and then, oh, wow. yeah, and then he did um, 500 Days of Summer, which is a feature-length film, his first. Yeah. Right. And, and then uh, the Spider-Man series, the reboot. Um, so, you know, it can it can lead to quite a bit. I, I don't know um, 
you know, what they found in those videos that led them to, to think he could manage a feature length film like that. But, you know, I'm yeah. glad they, I'm glad they did. He's a, he's a really cool guy. I got to meet him a few years ago in New York and oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. He was, he was pretty funny. I, I like him. He's just a kind of a regular guy who does a, a phenomenal thing. <laughs> so, yeah. so really cool. speaking of filmmakers, who are your inspirations and they don't have to be mainstream. They can be experimental or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, I, I always, I, um, I, I feel like the first film that I ever saw, and sometimes I feel embarrassed about this, but I'm a proud, I'm a proud fan of Wes Anderson because some people think, think what they think about him. Um, and I, I was just, I watched his, I watched a uh, fantastic Mr. Fox when I was a kid and it just like blew me away the amount of precision and meticulousness that went into making it and all of these choices and all of the things that were just like a little absurd and a little unnecessary that just made it in. Um, and, and, and that just like distinct voice that he has, I, I was just talking to someone the other day about how, uh, regardless of his subject matter and his maybe level of pretentiousness, I, he, he's got his finger on a very particular vein that nobody else seems to really fully capture. And it just, it's like magic to me. Um, so that was a, a very early, uh, more early on inspiration, um, as far as, you know, just going after, going after the voice and the, the love of doing it. Um, uh, Michelle Gondry, he, he's pretty, I, I love all of his stuff. Uh, it's the dreamy, dreamy things. And, and then he did eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, of course. And that movie is just heart-wrenching and outstanding to me um and and he, he plays a lot with childhood and he i feel like i just like the way i watched him doing stuff it spoke a lot um to me and he's also someone who sort of started with music videos and got into feature filmmaking um and um so him uh i i really like um uh, and Andrea Arnold, she has a really natural filmmaking style, at least in some of her more recent stuff, um, like fish tank and American honey. Um, she just really captures, she has, she has like a stories going on and stuff, but she, she, ca she has this way of capturing just an amazing, um, nuance in, in human behavior, uh, that is just so honest. Uh, so I like that a lot. I like I like some stuff like Stan Brackage, uh, just really really observational, and he's very just dives into all parts of the world around him that he finds um, interesting, and that's also mundane and and quiet. Um, so I like that stuff a lot. Um, more recently, I've been I I saw one of his movies in college. Uh, and I've been diving back into it sort of as research for another project, I guess. But uh, Ryan Tricartan is uh, an experimental filmmaker uh, from somewhere in the Midwest, I think, like Ohio, maybe. Um, and he, he's just got this really bizarre stuff, at least like his earlier movies that he made in college that I've seen is just off the walls bonkers, but also has this... Um, a lot of repetition to it and a lot of these really sort of manic characters and lots of colors. Um, and he's sort of, uh, I just love the, he's got this, just the language to everything that, um, sort of 
Like we get to see the inside of his brain and the things he's picking out of everyday life that are just absurd and crazy and outrageous to him. Um, so I love that. Um, yeah, a lot of, I guess, I mean, stop motion in general is just incredibly amazing to me and inspiring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Brackage has been one of the most influential filmmakers in history. I think a lot of people saw his work and think, you know, that, that he kind of gave people permission to explore things that you wouldn't normally explore on film, I think. So, yeah, um, you know, like the moth light film, include moth parts to film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, awesome. in, interesting stuff. And then yeah. dog star man is probably the one that you saw. That's, pretty long that's the one that he's kind of most famous for i guess i actually don't know that one oh, really? uh, the, yeah the moth wing i have a collection of his stuff so maybe i've seen it and i just don't know the name of it but yeah uh, yeah you can check out I, there's quite a bit on youtube i think okay cool yeah i'll look into it so uh i know you've just recently moved to milwaukee but um are you involved in any film groups or meetups or other film related group activities uh, Minneapolis. I'm in Minneapolis. Oh, right Minneapolis. Now. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, um, not really. I, when I had originally, I, I've been here for three and a half years now. When I first had moved to town, I sort of looked into doing that sort of thing. Um, and I, I just wasn't really connecting with the crowd that I had met at a couple of those places. And I just get a little anxious in some of those situations, but, um, yeah, I just wasn't completely intrigued by the, uh, at least the few things that I had found. Um, but I, I've sort of found that the, a great, a great place for me at least was just, uh, meeting musicians. And I started working at a coffee shop with that in mind and just meeting other musicians and artists. But, uh, yeah, I found it. And so I, I guess my, I, instead of going to like film meetups and stuff, I, I hang out with a lot of musicians and go to shows um, and watch, watch the stuff that they're watching. Um, so that's sort of like that. Um, but yeah, gen as far as like specifically film stuff, I, I haven't really found a whole lot of it in town that I've stuck with. So, uh, what are you working on now? Um, I have, I, I have two, two main projects, uh, that I've got going. One of them is a short film. Uh, it's a, it's a puppet film about two, two guys uh, playing crash on a desert island uh, and it deals with sexuality and uh, it's pretty bizarre and dreamy. Um, and that's a short film that I'm in pre-production for right now. So I'll get going on that and uh, we'll, sh we'll be shooting that next summer. Um, that's called daylight come. I don't know if I said that. And then um, the other thing is in October, I'm going to be shooting another one of the, the uh, features, and that's called uh, Wizard on High Yi, and it's sort of uh, taking the feature idea, but uh, in medieval times, um, and uh, just it's about a wizard who needs to find some frog legs for his brew, and, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. <clears throat> yeah, I got to Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and then, yeah, just the smaller paintings and projects like that, I... I as soon as I can, once uh, things are clearing up with all the COVID business, I want to have another uh, art show, but I'm kind of holding off on that as uh, as we all are. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I've had to put my projects on hold as well. Uh, I have to tell you, I really love your puppet work. So 
um, you know, if that's any inspiration to you at all, um, I really, I really love that. So, you know, that, that may be uh, something to explore. Oh, thank you so much. So, um, when you do shooting and stuff like you were talking about for the, the techno nerds out there, like myself, what kind of yeah. equipment do you use? Um, I, I shoot, I have a GH five that I shoot with. Um, I, I am not much of a techno nerd myself, so I don't know all the fancy lingo about why I use the GH five. Um, but I just, I have a GH five and I have like three or four lenses. Um, I have some quasar tubes, the led tubes. I just bought like the cheapest, four of the cheapest ones that were like $75 a piece. Um, and so I use those for all of the, all of the salamander video. Um, I have a couple of smaller LEDs um, and I uh, use a Zoom H5 for audio stuff. Other than that, I, I borrow equipment from friends. Um, and then I also, I have uh, an old uh, Sony camcorder, maybe not old, it's like seven years old, but uh, it has a certain texture that I like goofing around with. And um, I use some old VHS cameras too sometimes. Um, and then for like any sort of animation, stop motion stuff that I'm doing, I use dragon frame. Um, and I have, uh, for like my digital animation stuff, I have a program on my iPad called rough animator. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people always want to know, you know, what kind of cameras and, and stuff. The GH five is a great camera. I mean, um, you know, if you shoot in 4k or if you shoot in 1080, uh, I, I think either one of those gives you a fine aesthetic for uh, experimental as well. Plus, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff in post. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. I think it, the GH5 is just the the best bang for the buck right now, as far as what I found in researching before I bought it. And um, I love that it's it's pretty small, but it just it produces a really really nice crisp image. Um, I like that it's sort of void of its its own look. Um, I feel like Canon and uh, like the Sony A7S cameras kind of have like a certain look to them, uh, and I don't like that it it calls attention to itself a little bit in that way. Um, and the GH5 just has a really nice kind of neutral look to it too that I I enjoy. Yeah, it's nice. I have a couple of GH3s and I really enjoy those. So you know, it kind of has that same aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like it. Do you have a website or other ways for the audience to check out your work? Yeah, um, waltersmiths.com. Uh, it's sort of, I have, I think I have most of my, my work up there. Um, or not most of it. I have, uh, the website is mostly filled out, I should say. Um, I think there was some stuff that I was still, maybe my artwork isn't up there. Um, I have uh, Instagram, it's kooky lemur, and uh all of my video stuff is on uh, Vimeo at just Walter Smith's on Vimeo. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today, Walter. I was really excited to hear from you. We uh, connected up from one of the Facebook groups, I believe. Yeah. And um, really appreciate your time and best of luck to you. I, I love your aesthetic and I think you'll do well. Thanks so much, Ken. No problem. And thank you for joining us for this 22nd episode of the Experimental Film Podcast. Our guest today was painter, photographer, writer, and experimental filmmaker Walter Smits. Please contact me if you'd like to schedule an interview, sponsor the podcast, or point me to some cool experimental films. 
and we'll see you next time. If you would like to sponsor a podcast or schedule an interview, send an email to ken at experimentalfilm.info. Thanks for listening to the Experimental Film Podcast with Ken Hess. Thank you.